0: Welcome to Hollywood Obsessed with Tony Miros, a podcast that celebrates our endless fascination with the iconic people, locations, and
1: history of the entertainment capital of the world. If you're as obsessed with Hollywood as Tony is, or would like to be, get ready to enjoy another exciting, brand new
2: episode of Hollywood Obsessed. Now, here's your host, Tony Miros. Hello friends, this is your host, Tony Miroz, speaking to you from the heart of Tinseltown. On this episode of Hollywood Obsessed, part two of my conversation with Emmy Award winning actress Michael Lerner, who's best known for playing the role of Olivia Walton in the long running CBS drama, The Waltons. After winning three Emmy Awards for playing the role from 1972 to 1979, Michael left the series after seven seasons, but made occasional guest appearances on The Waltons right up to when it was canceled. Following the Waltons, she starred as nurse Mary Benjamin in the hospital drama Nurse, which ran on NBC for two seasons, in which she won her fourth Emmy Award for. She also did a number of made for TV movies, including Roots, the Gift with LeVar Burton, Keeping Secrets with Suzanne Summers, and Murder in New Hampshire, the Pamela Smart Story with Helen Hunt. She had a starring role in the 1989 sitcom Living Dolls, a spin off of the hit series. Who's the Boss?, and she reprised her Walton's role for a number of TV movie reunions in the 1980s and 90s. She made her return to television last year with a starring role in the Netflix limited series Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, playing Dahmer's grandmother, Catherine, alongside actors Evan Peters, Niecy Nash, and Richard Jenkins. Now that you know a little bit more about her distinguished acting career, let me get on with the second half of our fascinating conversation on this episode of Hollywood Obsessed. So, Michael, um, you spent seven seasons on The Waltons uh, and then you left. Why did you leave this show? This big hit of a show. Why did you leave?
1: I was bored. Um, I really was. There was very little they were giving me to do. They They tried. I mean, I know the writers really tried to give me. They even had me go through the change of life, you know. <laughs> -hmm. And miscarriage, they 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 tried to find things for Olivia to experience, but bottom line, she was a nice woman who happened to be a mother of seven kids, and they were they were constantly trying to think up stuff to keep Miss Michael Learned happy, Um, at least happy, uh, in terms of work, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, they were wonderful, the writer uh, Claire Peterson and and Earl, of course, uh, all these people really went out of their way. But it, it's hard. It, it's very difficult to, to to write something meaty for a nice person. Isn't that strange that nice people <laughs> just aren't that interesting? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, <It's> right. Right. <laughs> It, but it's true, right? People want to know what's the bad part. Like the uh, most actors I interview or talk you know, to, they're like, "I, I want the this. I want the evil character. I don't want the nice person."
1: Right? It's the bitch that's interesting, not the not the <laughs> one who's ironing and going. And then what did you do, dear? You know, <laughs> I had a lot of lines, like. And then what happened? And then where did you go? Time for bed, kids. You know. Yeah. More coffee, John. More coffee, John boy. More coffee. <laughs> oh. And they just wanted me in the scene. I said to Earl, "You know why?" And he said, "We just want your presence. We want your presence there." And I said, "Do you know how boring that is for the actor to just be there?" Yeah. I applaud extras because it's the most boring job in the world, and they they can create a whole scene and a reality, but they never get kudos for it. They never win Emmys for being. You don't win an Emmy for being an extra, you know. And that's true. That's what they that's do. They wait. And they wait and they wait and then they work and then they wait some more.
2: You won three Emmys. Speaking of Emmys, you won three Emmys for your role as Olivia Walton. What was that like for you? I mean, you won the first one for season one. Is that right? Mm -hmm. What was that like? I mean, you had never done a television show before. And all of a sudden, here you are leading actress, best leading actress of the year.
1: It was a thrill beyond words, Uh, uh, you know, when you're not involved you think it's all crap excuse my language I can't think of a better word you know what's all the fuss about Mm -hmm. and then suddenly you're you're nominated and it's like you're you've got butterflies and but I was so comfortable because I never thought for a minute I'd win Mm -hmm. so I'm sitting there with my son and we're just kind of having fun and Richard I think won a An Emmy, and the show was doing well. And then suddenly they announced my name, and I can still remember the look on my son's face. His eyes were like the saucers, and mine probably were (laughs) too. And then it was like, oh my gosh, I have to get up there and say something. Uh, And to this day, the idea of getting up in front of a bunch of my peers, which is ridiculous, is nerve wracking. It's you're afraid you're going to. I don't think I did remember anybody's name. I think I just said thank you and. Tight of kids or something. I, I I was just so overwhelmed. But it was thrilling. I'm telling you, it was thrilling.
2: And then you had two more after that one. So after the third one, we were like, okay, this is not a joke anymore. Like they actually like me.
1: No, it was never, you know, really you shouldn't be given we don't do it for awards what we do, but um, but let's face it, it's always nice to be a winner
2: sure um you came back to do a number of the tv movie reunions for the waltons in the 80s and 90s what was that like coming back after all the time after you'd left
1: it's nice it's like being it's like a family reunion Mm -hmm. and we also get paid (laughs) um but we all we have a lot of fun together all of us and um and now sometimes we go to do autograph shows. Not all, not not all of us together necessarily, but it, and that's always joyous, joyous for me anyway.
2: Sure. Well, and you know you've been with them for so long. It is like a family. It totally is like a family.
1: How many years? Let's see, 1972, I think it started.
2: Yeah, 1972. So fifty. Yeah. That's a lifetime.
0: I know. Yeah. It was twelve.
2: <laughs> but then the cw network they they tried to remake the, the waltons recently um and i think Bellamy melamy young uh played olivia walton did you happen to watch that remake or were you I did too busy watch you did what did you think
1: well i thought it was good i thought um i i thought oh you poor things i mean yeah It's like somebody pretending to be Frank Sinatra and it's not Frank Sinatra. So (laughs) these poor souls were trying to reprise roles that were iconic. Not and I'm not bragging, but the Waltons is iconic. And they were all very good. And it had charm. I thought it was I thought it was a very good show, but I, I think people were all all the fans anyway were comparing. Sure. Well, she, he didn't look like that. and She didn't. Elizabeth didn't do that and blah, 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 that yeah. kind of stuff. So it, I think they did a great job, but I, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. Wouldn't want to have been in their shoes.
2: Sure. Well, I mean, the difference because you took off the role from Patricia Neal was that that was just a movie. You had done a complete seven years. Like there's a big difference between just remaking one film that one person did that role and then remaking something that people had done years and years of the show so
1: we've become part of people's families i mean i I went to bangladesh and guess what they knew who i was wow imagine in bangladesh everybody relates to a family but our fan i mean the waltons was as you say we were in people's living rooms every week for an hour we my son and i watched it my youngest son and i watched it together um so that family became part of people's like extended family
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and to try and recreate that was I think um, a, a good try but uh,
2: it, it's a hard battle right <laughs> you know, I, uh, yeah. yeah it's a hard battle to win those people but
1: back. I wasn't in their shoes so.
2: sure that makes sense but after the Waltons, you went. And you often did, you did other things. You did. You were in a, a movie called. You were in a TV show called Nurse with Robert Reed. I I remember it like it was yesterday. What was that? Was that was it a relief to like completely do a completely different type of show?
1: Yes, I loved it. I loved. I loved doing Nurse. Um, and I and also I I love being in New York because I'm from back east and I'm a New Yorker basically. I grew up in Connecticut, but New York was. I also lived in New York as an adult, and um, uh, it was wonderful. I, I was heartbroken that it it didn't uh, it didn't go, and part of that was my fault, I think.
0: Was uh, your fault?
1: Yeah, I I, I was. Uh, it was the first show produced by Robert Holmey,
0: mm-hmm.
1: with a f- personal friend. He and my father actually were both and he was in the Hungarian resistance during the war, and my father was an OSS officer. So um, they knew each other from other reasons. And then Robert Holm, became a a theatrical producer, a television producer. I don't think he really knew what he was doing the first season of Nurse. Mm -hmm. So he left town and went back to Hungary. And here we all were in New York, everybody kind of trying to figure out we were getting scripts from LA things like she goes home and soaks in her hot tub. Well, you don't have a hot tub in Harlem. But <laughs> you know, she's living in Harlem and she goes home and soaks in her hot tub. They, and then they had scripts saying she puts on her satin little pom-pom slippers. And, you know, I said, no, nurses don't come home and put on little satin pom-pom slippers. They come home and soak their feet. Right. There were little minute things that just, drove me up the wall. There were no locks on the door. I said, you got to put locks on these doors. This is New York. People hold their doors closed. Um, so I became a pain in the ass and, um, that's, and so Fred Silverman just said, I'll show her. Bye-bye. No, it was Brandon Stoddard, I guess. I I can't remember. I don't want to make Call names when I'm. Got, I've got the wrong person, but anyway, yeah, they I showed me and they canceled the show.
2: Right, I mean, but I, I think the audience was there, right? Because I mean, they, even though you weren't playing Olivia Walton, you were a beloved actress. I mean, they had sent, they had seen you for years and years, and here you on another thing. Was there a little bit of a pushback from the fans, or did you feel that they were fine with
1: that? No, oh, I felt that they were really right along with me. The stories were good, especially. You know, I fought hard to get New York writers because New Yorkers know what they're writing about. And the scripts from L.A. weren't I'm not saying they were bad, but they were a little bit soap up. In fact, one script had me sleeping with a patient.
2: Oh, God.
1: This is not the show that I signed on for. There was a book called Nurse uh, written by a nurse. And it was gritty. It was gritty. You know, a, a New York hospital with cockroaches on the walls you know uh it's not a pretty picture and yeah. to have a uh, uh, mary benjamin go home and put on her little negligee and her little soft heels and and no bolts on the door and all those little details that to me are very important um mm-hmm. uh, made me a a thorn in somebody's side and um uh, and i got i uh, we were canceled and i did not work for 10 years
2: over Emmy. Uh, but you get you did get an Emmy, yes, you did, right?
1: I did get an Emmy for it. Yes. Yeah. And it was good.
2: Did, it wasn't. It was a good show. I remember it.
1: It was a good show, and and Ed Asner was so sweet. He was. I remember going up to get the Emmy. I never thought for a minute that I would get it, but I I went up to get it, and he he knew the show had been canceled. He gave me such a look of compassion and understanding. It, I, I've never forgotten it. I don't know if I've ever told him because we're, we're not close personal friends, but right. I remember that look, and I remember feeling such appreciation for his compassion.
2: So it was ten years until you started working again after that. Um, was that when Living Dolls came around? From Who's the Boss? Is that guess, the time period?
1: It, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah. And that was um, that was a gift. I'm sorry I it didn't go, but it was kind of fun. For, it was the first time I got to be glamorized a little bit instead of, you know, um usually I go in and the makeup person says, Oh, this is great. You had a bad night, you look horrible. <laughs> and <laughs> So in that show, I got to wear false eyelashes and have long fingernails. It was fun.
2: <laughs> right because you ran a modeling agency, so you had to be glamorous. Yeah,
1: it, was, it was fun. Sorry.
2: But, you know, what's interesting about that show, Leah Remini, she was in the show. And Halle Berry It was her first acting role. Oh, my God. So when you saw her win the Oscar, you were like, wait, that's the same girl from Living Dolls?
1: I was so thrilled and excited. She is one of the nicest people you could ever, ever want to meet, both of them. But Hallie, I was especially close to. Yeah, we were we were very close for a while. We've kind of drifted apart now, but she's always got a place in my heart. And I, I know it's mutual.
2: Yeah. I mean, she's an incredible talent. And I think with her, when she accepted her Oscar, I think everybody in America cried because she just couldn't stop crying. I know. But... She's just a
1: wonderful person.
2: Yeah. But you did films as well. You did Sidney Lamette's Power with Richard Gere, which I really liked. Um,
1: I, I liked the movie too. I, I didn't have much to do in that, but that was fun. He was such a nice guy. I, I don't have anything negative. I, there's only one person I have something negative to say about it, and I'll never tell you who. But um, I've been so lucky to work with nice people.
0: Yeah.
1: I have a height thing. And at one point we had to step onto the... Um, the, the elevator in the in the needle you know the seattle needle
2: oh yeah the saddle needle mm-hmm. i
1: i couldn't do it i froze i just could not take that step past the crack where i could see the ground
2: oh
0: and
1: he just held my hand the whole way he helped me get he held my hand to get me on the elevator and he held my hand the whole way down my and, Gear, huh
2: Tire richard Tire. gear yeah i I yeah. love that because I have a height problem, too. I cannot. And there's no way I could do that. Oh. But I'm glad you got through it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. thanks to
1: him. And and he's just a lovely guy. He really is. He's a lovely, lovely person.
2: The other thing that I saw recently, actually, was Dragon, the Bruce Lee story with Jason Scott Lee. And I read that the, the director cast you because, you know, of the Olivia character. And he wanted to see the recognizable character that you were on that show being having this confrontation with Bruce Lee on the screen did you did you hear that did they was that did you know any of that
1: i think yeah. it was john mantley who uh had worked with me in gunsmoke he was the producer on gunsmoke and i think that's how that part came along i honestly it's it's just it's like i can feel my my brain rolodex going bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. You know, in terms of uh, Dragon, it, it's wonderful to play an uninformed, unenlightened human being, a racist, who also took as short, as small as the part was. She took a journey too, because in the end, she falls in love with his baby. Yeah, and um, and 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 the the, the race card is no longer in play. So, mm-hmm. you know, I. That character, as small as the part was, she took a real journey.
2: Yeah, no, it was it, it was so impressionable. I remembered it. I re- I totally remember it like it was yesterday. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: but well, I want to I want to talk about Monster because it's it's getting a lot of buzz now. It's uh, you know you've gone through the Emmy thing before, um, but this when it came out, it was like a huge hit, a surprise to a lot of people, and then there were some people who are. A little disturbed with the fact that it's getting so much critical acclaim because you know they don't want what he did to be normalized or glamorized um, it, and it has nothing to do with the performances at all, but has people ever brought that up to you and the other cast members about that
1: no, and nor have I seen anything negative on facebook in in, in that regard
2: mm-hmm.
1: i I I do think it is odd that we have such a fascination with serial killers. I mm-hmm. mean, I think it's because we all have somewhere in us a dark side and and we don't hopefully use it or we don't connect with it because we want to connect with our lighters, you know, the light side, the side of the light. But, mm-hmm. um but we're sort of fascinated that people are capable of doing such horrible things. And there we sit in our bedrooms or our living rooms watching the most horrible things happen on a television screen. And we feel oddly, I I, I don't know what it is, whether we feel, whether it's a survival thing where we're safe and they're not, I I don't know what it is, but the show has gotten huge amounts of uh, attention. And luckily I didn't play the serial killer,
2: even though (laughs) those
1: are fun parts to play.
2: No, again, you're the nice, you're the nice grandma who takes him in. I mean, I remember watching this and going, this poor woman has taken this murderer into her house.
1: (laughs) And, you know, she was there. Um, I did, there was very little research that I could find about her. It was mostly interviews with him Mm -hmm. uh, after he was in prison, but... um, you know, she, she was just a granny, and mm-hmm. I, I came home after one day of shooting, and my, uh, my grandson is living with us temporarily while he's um studying to be a chef, mm-hmm. and uh, he met me at the door, and he's this good-looking, gorgeous, sweetheart of a grandson that I have, and I thought, what if I suddenly found out that on the side, he was out there murdering people and chopping them up, and mm-hmm. that what I thought he was cooking for dinner, wasn't steak, it was some part of a human being i mean it's beyond imagining what this mm-hmm. guy did and it's beyond imagining what he put his family through
2: absolutely because you know they're still your fa- again back to family you know your family's your family and you've grown up with them and you love them and you, you you've nurtured them and then all of a sudden you find out this horrible thing about them and i i have such sympathy for those for the family members i mean it's it's a rough thing to even have somebody who you love that you know had been murdered. If it's somebody that you're related to that is doing it, even worse. Sure. Um. So it, when I mean I, that is one of the things I wanted to ask you was about you know when you took the role on, how do you find Catherine's strength or where do you find that person who, when you're about to do the scene with you know he's you've discovered in his room that he's got a a mannequin like that's just bizarre.
1: That was in the writing um you try to put yourself in when you're playing a character like that you, at, at least i try to put myself i try to be that person i try to be i try to inhabit that character as best i can in terms of my own experience in life and how i would feel if that were me um yeah. i mean i'm not consciously doing it but in the moment I'm doing it, and um, that her, her her two things for her her shock and then her denial because mm. somewhere she just didn't want to see he's dragging body parts through her kitchen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if it were me, Michael, I think we discussed this the other night, but I, if 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 there was a smell coming out of my basement, you know, the smell of death is very potent, yeah. It, if my grandson is holding up garbage bags that are seem to have a lot a lot more than a dead raccoon in them, I I would have done a little more uh, sleuthing, if if you will. Absolutely. She didn't, at least not in the script, not in the series. She did not. She just didn't want to see it. So.
2: You have some lovely scenes uh, with actor Richard Je- Jenkins in the in the series. He's such a talented actor. What was, what were your, how did you two uh, work with each other?
1: Like we'd known each other all our lives. I felt like I was just with somebody I'd known forever, and I, 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 don't, I think we texted a little bit after, after we stopped shooting. But if I see him again, I'll still feel that way. But we haven't really contacted each other or connected. But to to work with him, it's and Evan was the same way. They're real they're real actors and they and really fine people. Evan was so nice and kind to me. I never felt like he was uh, full of himself in any way. Just the opposite. He's a very humble person.
0: Yeah. And
1: Richard is just an actor who goes unsung a lot. I mean, he's the kind of actor that everybody recognizes, but maybe that they don't always remember his name because he's right. he so much stuff and he's such a good actor.
2: Mm. Before we wrap, I want to talk about a little bit about Evan Peters, who's so magnificent and so just, he's such, I, I don't know. That's a lot to carry. That's, that, that role is a lot to carry. Um, and I did during the, the Netflix thing, I heard that, you know, he had removed himself a little bit from his fellow actors because he wanted to have that separation. Um, it, was that how he was when you were on set? Did he seem a little bit out of not wanting to be too friendly with everybody?
1: A little bit, but he he made a point of coming to say goodbye to me on my last day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he went out of his way to come find my trailer. It was it, we were it was not the most comfortable shooting experience because we were in a small lot with lots of trailers, It's kind mm-hmm. of a foot apart from each other. And he made a point of coming to say goodbye to me. He was he was very thoughtful and kind, and always uh, he didn't joke around a lot on the set because he had to stay in his character but he but he was available I don't know how to put it he was if you wanted to talk about something other than what we were doing he was always available and I, I can't speak highly enough of him
2: well if if those who are listening have not watched it yet it's 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 an intense eight episodes but it's worth it because the performances are amazing and Michael, your performance is just, it's heartbreaking is what it is. It really is heartbreaking. So congratulations on, on that.
1: David McMillan. <laughs> and David Sorry. McMillan,
2: yeah. Um, But I just also wanted to touch on the Waltons because you did have your 50th anniversary at the Hollywood Museum. Do you know if that exhibit is still up for people to go see?
1: Pretty sure it is, yeah. And my Emmys are there, three of them.
2: Three yeah. of your Emmys are there. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
1: And three are there yeah the one for nurses here but the waltons is the, three waltons are there yeah well, i gotta get that for my kids <laughs> my, <yeah. laughs> i don't know where they'll put them probably out in the honor some box <laughs> no restaurant.
2: i'm sure they will have a wonderful place for your emmys i mean i i don't i don't know what it's like to win an emmy but i'm sure that it's a lot of fun and
1: it is. it's huge it, it was really a Treat and my little my my youngest son uh, on the first one had been running around the whole thing uh, because I called home as soon as it happened and when I got home he had this little wilted bunch of weeds literally that he'd picked from the garden (laughs) they were all (laughs) wilted and everything but he'd been carrying them around for a couple of two or three or four hours it was very sweet
2: if you were and this is, uh, this is this is kind of like my only like Barbara Walters kind of interview question, but I just thought of it. If you were to go back, you know, to when right before you, you accepted the role of Olivia Walton and you could talk to your younger self, what would you what advice would you give the younger Michael learned before the Waltons?
1: Don't let it go to your head.
0: That's all.
2: That's Good advice. That's good advice. Do young actors ever come up to you and say, how do I get in the business? You, what kind of advice do you give those young people? who, who I did
1: the it? other night, this lovely young lady, uh, who's actually, I think, um, um, Penelope's daughter. No. Oh, Penelope
2: Ann anyway. Miller. I love her. She was fantastic.
1: Yeah, she wonderful. Anyway, this young girl. And she said, what advice do you have? And I said, show up. She said, what do you mean? I said, show up. Just go to auditions. Show up put one foot in front of the other and just show up and something somewhere has your name on it. Hopefully I didn't put the hopefully in there, but (laughs) if you're lucky, (laughs) maybe, Um, but yeah, you got to go to, you got to put in the legwork, pound the pavement, so to speak.
2: Well, Michael, this has been a joy for the past hour talking to you. Honestly, the young, the young Tony is jumping in his seat that he's Uh talking to uh, uh, Olivia Walton I know that's not you but in his brain it, it is so I want to thank you for the years and years and years of amazing performances and the love that you showed on screen permeated into my house into other people's houses and if anything you know the gift that you gave doing the show uh, it just keeps going and going and so I it's such an honor to talk to you
1: thank you very much that touches my heart truly
2: Thanks to the lovely Michael Lernard for joining me here on Hollywood Obsessed. If you enjoyed listening to our conversation, make sure to tap follow on your phone, iPad, or computer screen so that you don't miss any new episodes. I promise I've got many more exciting interviews coming your way with some of the fascinating people that I've gotten to know while living and working here in the heart of Hollywood. Until next time, this is your host, Tony Miros. See you on the next episode of Hollywood Obsessed. Thanks for joining us this week on Hollywood Obsessed. Make sure to visit our Facebook page, Hollywood Obsessed Podcast,
1: where you can subscribe to the show so you'll never miss a single episode.
0: While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in every other Monday for our next episode. That's a wrap.